Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Olga's with me here today. I just noticed you have the liberty Ooh. over security, principle over party, truth over personality t-shirt on. Woohoo! Uh, Olga is our special guest today, and uh, we're going to be chatting with her about socialism, about uh, communism, about America, about living in communism in America. <laughs> and uh, so I want to say thank you to everybody that's joining us here today. Uh, don't forget to hit that like button, that subscribe button. Don't forget to, well, hello. Uh, to share, share, share. When you do, you help us overcome the censors and you help others get this truth. And if you don't, then we don't grow. So we really, really appreciate it when you help us get other people in on what we're doing. Speaking about getting other people in on what we're doing, I want to say hello to our DLive crowd. Our DLive crowd is growing, growing, growing. We are so happy to have that new forum uh, to be able to bring you truth in all ways. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, and we have Twitch. Our Twitch is growing too. I'm excited about the Twitch crowd. And, you know, the more platforms we get to be on, the more people that we can reach, the more ways you can share, and the more opportunity we have to overcome the sensors that are always trying to block us out. So Yorba, Linda, California. Hello out there. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jacqueline. We are going to be in Granbury, Texas this week. Uh, if you if you come to see us in Granbury, you'll get a special surprise. You'll get to meet Sunny. Sunny has been on the show here a couple of times with me, and she is coming to Granbury with me. Remember, now you can go to chrisannhall.com right there hit the calendar. And once you hit the calendar that comes up, you can see that I'm going to be on the Victory Channel tomorrow in studio in Texas. Pretty exciting about that. Going to be on there twice. Now, this is a Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. and then 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then uh, 6 p.m. in Granbury. And then we will be teaching our six-hour Roots of Liberty Seminar in Granbury, Texas on Saturday. This is a boot camp, guys, a boot camp that you don't want to miss. So if you can get to Granbury, if you can fly to Granbury, if you can drive, you can walk, crawl, make sure that you are there. Nate Bama, sorry, JC's not here to say roll tide for you, but thank you and for reminding everybody to hit that like button and thank you for that super chat. So just so we can get to Olga, there's a couple, uh, there's a little bit of old business that I wanted to cover today that has to do with an article that I wrote and something that you guys, uh, we talked about on the radio show as well here. The article is the precedent for after office impeachment. And in this article, I show you how a precedent was set when um, oh, when uh, Ulysses S. Grant's Secretary of War Belknap was being impeached by the House and quit. He actually resigned before the impeachment could take place. And they went ahead, the House went ahead and impeached him anyway, even though he was no longer in office. And the reason that I show this to you, because, again, Remember, Patrick Henry gave his give me liberty, give me death speech. But he also said, for my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst and to provide for it. Those of you who are longtime followers, longtime listeners, you know that I am not a fan of precedent, especially when it becomes ruling law that is based on a false premise or precept. But that does not, you know, in the real world scenario, 
actually negate the the um, controlling authority of precedent that those in politics in the legal field give uh, to precedent today. And so you have to know why the House of Representatives and now the Senate believes that they can impeach Donald Trump, even though he is not in office. So that's number one. I just wanted to make it clear. Just because I am showing you the history of the precedent doesn't mean that I agree with it. But as I stated in the bottom in the last paragraph, there is a precedent to allow impeachment after office for the president, the vice president and every civil officer. The question remains, do those with the power to impeach really want to open that Pandora's box to find themselves consumed when the change in political winds come because all of history dictates they will come. And the interesting thing is this precedent has yet to have been tested all the way back to Ulysses S. Grant. And so because they are trying to do this, it's going to be interesting to see if they make this precedent stand a second time. The last thing that we're going to talk about before Olga comes on front and center, I want to give her a little chance to get uncomfortable, you know. She doesn't need to be shy or anything. It's just she and I talking. There's question out there about the impeachment process in the Senate, specifically Article 1, Section 3, Clauses 6 and 7. So I want to answer this question for you. Because Article 1, Section 3, clauses Clause 7 actually says, when the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. Now, the Senate has decided not to have Justice Roberts preside. And what's interesting is they are they are claiming that they do not have to have the chief justice preside because the president of the United States is not being tried. I just want that to sink in a little bit. They are saying that the president of the United States is not being tried, so the chief justice does not have to preside. So what we're doing now is testing that Belknap precedent, guys. If he is not the president of the United States anymore, then what is the ground for impeachment? Like I said, it's going to be really, really interesting. I wanted to also show you, just as we do, the words of our founders. This is James Madison writing in uh, a Federalist uh, 39. Let me see if I can make that a little bit bigger for you guys so you can see those words there. And we'll make that one bigger there. All right. So James Madison is talking about the checks and balances. And within those checks and balances are how people are removed from office. He says the tenure by which judges are to hold their place is as it is unquestionably ought to be that of good behavior. Remember, judges do not have lifetime appointments. That is a myth that we teach in school. We teach in law school and we teach with our sloppy propaganda manipulated speech. Judges do not have lifetime appointment. They are in for good behavior. And when they violate that principle of good behavior, uh, then they are to be impeached. By the way, if you aren't quite sure what good behavior looks like, then you need to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and you need to take the class on the judiciary because our founders specifically told us what good behavior looks like. I'll give you a little a little hint, a little clue. It has to do with being an activist judge. So if you are an activist judge, you are engaging in bad behavior and you are to be removed from office. So James Madison says, not everybody's in, nobody's in office for life, but look at what he says. The president of the United States is impeachable. Now, that is a significant thing that we have to recognize at the ratification of our Constitution, because remember, 
Our founders were coming from a kingdom where the only way you got a new king is if he died or you, you know, encouraged that death to come along. And so Madison is saying, look, we're not having a president who's a king. You can actually remove a president from office. But look at what he says. The president of the United States is impeachable at any time during his continuance in office. Would it not be interesting if we had some members of the Senate who are saying to other members of the Senate, uh, our founders intent here is, guess what, guys, that the president of the United States is only impeachable uh, during his continuance in office. So once again, uh, we need to recognize here that the Belknap principle is going to be tested. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, because remember, that sword cuts both ways. And it's interesting. Uh, these are interesting times that we live in. Uh, you know, what's crazy is how many people were just so angry that I brought forward that historical lesson about impeaching uh, beyond office. You know, perhaps that's why we don't teach history accurately, because even those who consider themselves constitutionalists, even those who consider themselves to be uh, conservatives, when you show history as it happened, it makes you angry and you don't want to hear it. Okay. History should not make you angry like that. It happened. You can't change it. Nate Bama, president uh, doesn't make sense. The first person to go against the Constitution means everybody else after that can to illogical. Well, we know that two wrongs don't make a right, but you know that's how government works. Craig says, who can impeach a judge? Well, impeachment happens in the House of Representatives, right here, our Constitution tells us impeachment happens through the House of Representatives, the sole power of impeachment, and the Senate has the sole power to try all impeachments. When a judge operates unconstitutionally, then that judge is to be impeached as well. Uh, so that's how it works. The House impeaches, the Senate tries. So precedent, yeah, Nate, <laughs> Nate, Nate's correcting. Precedent, did I say president or did you type president? You typed president. Are you ready, Olga? I guess. You guess. Well, say hello, everybody in the chat room. Say hello to Olga. We have a good handful of people in DLive. As you can see, we have, just so you know, in the chat room, you don't have to pay attention to the chat room, Olga. I'll do that for you. But here are the YouTube people. These are the Facebook people. And these are our Twitch people. And when they give us a super chat, we like to say thank you. Daniel loves to send us super chats, and we love the way he encourages us. And he says, welcome, Olga. Olga, we are going to introduce you just up front by showing everybody where you came to America from, where you lived. So tell us a little bit about this red dot. So tell, tell us about you were born here or how did that work? Oh, I see the place where I was born, actually, uh -huh. many, many years ago. So I was born in Soviet Union, uh -huh. and uh, this city near Krasnodar, Goryachi Kluch, mm -hmm. where is it? I don't it's see. right here. Oh, it's right there. Uh -huh. And uh, this place where I was born and uh, where I grew up, and uh, my memory is there, and, uh, you know, it was a beautiful place. And uh, as a child, of course, I loved it. But... Something happened. Tell me the, what happened. This beautiful place. Oh, what happened? So, um, Soviet Union, my mother country, fall apart. Mm -hmm. This is what happened. So, we lived in socialism, going to straight to communism, but mm -hmm. we didn't get there. It fall apart. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy about it, actually. Really? 
<laughs> really? <laughs> well, tell us, tell us what what was your first memory about realizing that something was not right, that things were working all wrong? So when I was a child, uh, again, I had a good family, good place to live. But when I, you know, memories just coming. Well, just tell us. We want to hear it. <laughs> I know. So when I was a child, I went through all those stages of communist child. Mm -hmm. So I was Aktibrionak, I was a pioneer, I was a Komsomolitz. I didn't grow to communist because it's fall apart at time. So wait, let's let's back up a little bit. Tell us exactly what a communist child means. You said those stages. What is a stage of a communist child? Is this something that happens in the schools, in education? How, tell me how that works. So you you born, mm -hmm. I was born into that country. And uh, of course, I didn't know the difference. Right. I didn't know what to compare my life with. So I was a communist socialist child. I grew up in under, you know, uh, government was basically nanny. Mm -hmm. So they told me even if I should be born, mm -hmm. you know, I and then what school I go what job I can have, how much I can earn, and uh, what my dreams even supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. Everything we were told, government told us. You know, that's really interesting. And you, what what is interesting to me is how you said that this was just life, right? You didn't know any better. And for you, it seemed okay. I mean, because you, you start off by saying, I had a good childhood. But here you are explaining that in that childhood, you were told how to live, what to think, how to think, what I just wrap my brains around this idea. They told what you were, what your dreams were supposed to be, who you wanted to be was dictated to you by government. And and growing up in that, you're, you're telling me that that it was OK, because that's all you knew. Exactly. Exactly. We didn't know the difference. And uh, it was a um, iron curtain at that time, mm -hmm. so we were kind of shut down from the bad influence mm -hmm. of uh, West culture. Mm -hmm. This is what was. We had a very strong borders. We couldn't get out. We couldn't get in. So just like we lived in, like you know, in mm -hmm. the place where we can do what we wanted to do. So did you live in, in, in a country or did you live in a city? What was the? It was a small town we lived uh, and then I lived some in, in the countryside mm -hmm. as well. And uh, in the small city, I never lived in the big city like Moscow. Mm -hmm. It's a still a different life there in the big city. But yes. So you told you, you told us that the government even dictated whether you could be born or not. Yes, um, why I mentioned that because, you know, abortion was just very simple thing and it was a part of society. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that we had life, you know, inside us. Mm -hmm. Because, why? Because who was our God? Lenin was mm -hmm. our God. Mm -hmm. We didn't know Jesus. We were not allowed any religion, you mm -hmm. know, belief in anything but only government. Let me ask this question. You said we are not allowed religion. What was that like? I mean, people have religious beliefs and and there were Christians and, and things that what happened to the people who who tried to speak their religious beliefs or live their religious beliefs? Uh, if you tried the uh... That means you were already undesirable. You were different. Mm -hmm. And uh, they will get you. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Get you? They will get you because people will speak against you. And plus, you know, the KGB, mm -hmm. if you know what it is. Yes. Yes. So they they were very strong. They were going after people who were different, who think differently, who try to speak differently or, or uh, try to find belief so the neighbors would turn each other in you know i it was yes not like it's very common 
But I remember even one story that my friend told me when he was young in his middle school and his mama secretly was a Christian. Mm -hmm. He went to Orthodox Church and uh, she wanted to baptize her son. She wanted to tell him about Jesus and uh, she brought him to the church and somebody spied, uh, somebody just spoke mm -hmm. and saw it and uh, he was uh, humiliated. In, in the school, he was disgraced, so he had he, he was very much shamed, and he still remembers that story. Mm -hmm. So the so the the society helped the KGB be the force by humiliating people and bringing about this social condemnation, mm -hmm. while the KGB would bring political condemnation, even criminal condemnation at times. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you were something, again, different or questioning some government policy or something, yes, they, they will be right there. Now, when you have a home, what is what is owning a home like in your childhood? What was it like there? You know, we we rarely had uh, like uh, own homes, only if you live in country. But uh, I remember that, you know, even place to live, uh, we were given by government. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But it was if you have a job at one place and then it's everything related to government. And government is so centralized. It's the ruling from the top to down. Mm -hmm. They give their directive, their rules, their policies from the top to all local levels. Mm -hmm. And they will watch you and they will give the place even you you can live. If you if you leave that job or that place, you will find another mm -hmm. place to live and you, you can have a place to live for free again. So everything was free, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, the free good <laughs> stuff, right? But it was, it was yeah, not free because not free. it came from the government with strings. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, school, we had the program, schools were indoctrinated, of course, mm -hmm. with the socialist, uh, communistic principles. Mm -hmm. And what we learned from school, this is what we knew. Mm -hmm. we, we couldn't have any other sources. All media... All um, TV programs, everything was censorship. You couldn't watch something different. Only what they told you, you can watch. Wow. I'm sure people in the chat rooms are already talking about how it sounds like, you know, where we are and where we're going. When, um, when the uh, red, after the red revolution, what happened to the people who, who had money? Oh, so people who had money, money were taken from them. Mm -hmm. Money were taken from them. They were given to poor. And in a while, nobody had money because mm -hmm. poor, they couldn't right. control. They couldn't do anything with right. their money. Right. Basically. So what you're telling me is that communi communism and socialism in Russia was not a, a redistribution of wealth. So everybody got money because that's what they try to tell us. Right that it's all about making everybody equal. So the exactly. people who had money were had that money taken and the people who had no money has still had no money. Still had no money. So I you had uh given me your story and you mentioned that there were concentration camps. I don't think people realize that Russia actually had concentration camps. Tell us what that was all about. Why did those things exist and and who was sent there? Uh again, after revolution it was a Red terror, mm -hmm. you know, when all undesirable mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. they were sent to those prisons, to undesirable, yes, undesirable, <laughs> as oh, defined by whom <laughs> by Lenin, right? By Lenin, yes, by Lenin, <laughs> they were sent to prisons to labor and concentration camps in Siberia, mm -hmm. where they were, you know, working hard, and uh, most of them just died there. Well, yeah, anybody knows anything about Siberia. <laughs> That's not a place where you're going to be fruitful living. So no, no, <laughs> that is terrible. So in the um, in this 
sending people to concentration camps. You know, we are like that. You said the undesirables and it's, it's Lenin who defined who was undesirable. And I'm sure it's, it's what you can imagine is anybody who disagreed with him, anybody who dis who complained about their station in life. And yes. And who disagreed, for example, who had a weapon, you know, everything, oh. all, uh, all weapons were expropriated. Mm. So if you still try to keep it, if they will know, they will put you in prison. Well, what about the farmers, uh, people who lived in the rural areas? Were they pretty much left alone? or You know, they were, but they didn't leave them alone. Basically, they, um, they took their land mm -hmm. and uh, they said it will be collectivism. It will be kahos. Mm -hmm. Collective. Right. So uh, they put their person to run it, run mm -hmm. that place, and they were just growing, like planting seeds and the harvest for the government mm -hmm. who will distribute it equally again. So the government told the farmers, uh, this is not your land anymore. You are now servants on our land. Exactly. If you try to keep that land still and keep your seeds, again, they will put you in Siberia. So even if you just kept your own seeds, you, you, can. you go to Siberia. You will go to Siberia. So you grow what the government tells you to grow, whether you want it to grow or want to grow that stuff or not. You grow how the government wants you to grow, and then they come and take all your harvest. Yes, it was that way. Then it little bit changed when I was um, probably like middle school. I remember still my grandma, we lived in a rural area. They, they still try to... Mm -hmm to plant, to seed some stuff. Because, you know, this is the other reason why. Because shells were empty. We didn't have much to eat. Yeah. Were there stores? The stores, yes. Uh -huh. And uh, if we had, it was always like the same. You were like, just like all the same. Uh -huh. Like a big, like, mass. You, you, were not, you were not individual. Right. So the collective. Yes, yes. yes. It's, a, it's a collective. And then when already closer to Perestroika, you know, mm -hmm. the shelves were just completely empty. Mm -hmm. I remember we were given some coupons, you know, to have bread, tea, sugar, all those essentials. You know, they give you a coupon for each family. For example, you can have half, pound, half a pound of sugar for mm -hmm. whole months or something. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't buy anything. The only coupons, we still paid for it, but... It was so limited. Mm -hmm. So they gave you a coupon, which gave you access, but then you still had to pay yes, for it. Yes, you still had to pay for it. But the money you used to pay for it was a job that was given to you by the government. Uh, basically, yes. You could, yes, you could look for job, but you couldn't find even like good job. Again, this is the other thing. If you didn't have any connection with the power, you couldn't have a good job. So again, they what they give you, you have it. That's it. Mm -hmm. But government, they were elites. They were right. they lived privileged life. Right. You know what they had there? They had special stores with the supplies. You never seen anything like that in the stores. You know, they lived like in a paradise. What when I was a child, my mama she was a piano teacher as well. She took me to one very rich family at who were running some, mm -hmm. like, you know, big business. And uh, I saw the candies, you know, like a white chocolate. Mm -hmm. I never tried before those candies. I thought, oh, I am in paradise. Uh -huh. And they said, oh, you can try it. Oh, you can try one more. And that was, you know, like a wild child like <laughs> eating those candies. I never, never seen him, those candies, you know, in the store. And yeah. uh, after that, I never saw them anyway. You know, I remember that. So this may this is probably really obvious to the people who are you know longtime listeners here and stuff. But it, I, I just want to make sure that we're not missing the the kernels, the details here. You said your mom was a piano teacher, and she took you to a rich person's house. Mm -hmm. So uh, socialism teaches that there are no more rich people. <laughs> That's what they teach in the American schools. That socialism is the utopia. Because everybody is the same, but you actually lived in a communist socialist society where people had coupons 
where you had, you know, if you didn't, even if you had money and you didn't have a coupon, you couldn't buy, right? You couldn't buy. Right? Nothing but then was. you go to this rich person's house. Mm -hmm. So that proves rich people exist in socialism. Yes, and uh, my mama was given privately uh, piano lessons to the child of that family. Mm -hmm. And yes, they, they lived a different life. We, um, we, JC and I went through a Russian language school at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California, and uh, our teachers were Russian natives, mm -hmm. speakers. And one of my dearest teachers, she just, she captured my heart. Her name is Natasha. And she was an educator in Moscow. She worked at the University of Moscow. Mm. And I don't remember the details of the story anymore. I should have written them down. But something happened where she disagreed with something that was happening in the university. And she said something. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing they knew, uh, she was kicked out of her position in the university. Mm -hmm. They were removed from their very, because at, at the university, when they were teaching, they got really nice homes. Well, that's what it was. Her husband said something. She didn't actually even say something. Her husband said something and he disappeared. Mm -hmm. She was removed from her, her position at the university they lost the nice home that they had because of the position in the university. And then the next thing they knew, they were constantly um, um, uh, humiliated socially. The people around them, mm -hmm. the government was constantly all over them. Where did your husband go? You know where he is. You tell us where he is. And she was so harassed until she actually could escape from there. She told us stories about how they applied over and over and over again for visa. And they couldn't, the government would not let them go because they taught at the university and they didn't want university teachers. Maybe they thought they knew too much. Mm -hmm. They did not let her go. Is that, it? I mean, to me, that's, that was the quintessential Russian story. You know, you disagree. What happens if you are mistreated in, in that era and you seek justice for your mistreatment? You can seek justice there. So no due process, no trial. No, no you nothing. can just disappear. And that's it. Mm. So it, that's so basically what happened was her husband just disappeared. And then she had to suffer the condemnation, her and the children. And they really just treated her very, very poorly. What about freedom of speech and press? What is that? No freedom at all. Mm. The first, of course, you didn't have different sources. You had only one source. Again, what was already given by government because it was a big censorship again on all TV programs, on mm -hmm. all shows, on everything. And uh, you basically lived and uh, just ate all what was given to you. Mm -hmm. But if you again, if you wanted something no different, you can disappear. Uh, it's just very simple. How powerful do you think the school system was in keeping people compliant and keeping people from being disagreeable? School, of course, they taught us to be compliant. Did course. every child go to school? Yes, yes. Okay. We, we all went to school. We all learned the same stuff. We went through, you know, the same programs and everything. And uh, we, again, we knew only the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the same. So what happened in, I mean, were there ever children in the schools who, who questioned what they were taught or, or thought, you know, this is not, this doesn't sound right or. You know, what I remember when I was in school, I didn't even question mm -hmm. what from my memory, mm -hmm. because I, again, I didn't have anything to look, to think, start thinking differently. Mm -hmm. And then already after high school, I already 
you know grew and uh, i already saw some things that it's so well like not right something was wrong there did you ever try to talk to your parents about that when you were in high school and you said mama what's this is wrong what's going on you know um i you know not not much we mm -hmm. didn't talk much about it mm -hmm. i think the years were everywhere so we just were quiet we tried to you know we actually uh we I don't like that word, but it's surviving. Mm -hmm. We was surviving, right through through our life. Yes. So really, it was just about survival. About survival. Again, you know, some I don't know, like maybe five percent who were in government. Mm -hmm. They lived their lives. You know, they had again everything. They had uh, plenty of money mm -hmm. and uh, also. So they 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 were like they live in very very. You know, wealthy lives, mm -hmm. but we are all others. We were just just people. So, just to remind everybody, this is this is where you grew up, uh, Goryachi Kluch, right here, mm -hmm. um, right on the Black Sea. Uh, Moscow was way up there. You said thirty-hour drive, right? Yes. A thirty-hour drive to Moscow. And yet Moscow ruled your life. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They ruled. Uh, yeah. They were everywhere from top to the bottom. So let's sort of switch gears now, Olga, because when did you come to the United States? I, so I have been here for 12 and a half years. Right. So what did, what was, what was it like when you came here? Um, so my daughter was first who wanted to see, to explore United mm -hmm. States. She came here and she said, it's so cool here. A lot of uh, possibilities, a lot of opportunities, and uh, just freedom. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I came here as well, I, I saw the, mm -hmm. that, you know, and I, I love this country. Mm -hmm. So nobody watching over me, nobody controlling me. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I, I felt that freedom so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, interesting, even when I talk to people, what you love in this country, and uh, they don't even know. They're born in this country. You know, young people, they're just mm -hmm. looking at me. You know, they don't understand. I understand. Mm -hmm. I came here, you know, already in my 40s, and I know what it is, what the difference. But they just live here. They don't even think probably what, privileged life they have here mm -hmm. they had at least so tell me now today what do you see happening in america today is this uh, i don't want to sort of lead you in in this kind of question you know i'm a lawyer so it is like no leading questions counselor but i just i want to know um how what direction do you see america going in now having all that experience Oh, you know, I it, it's for me it's so clear now. So I remember how Soviet Union went fr from the down, you know, like, and they going kind of up. Mm -hmm. Now they have democracy, and maybe it will be even better there soon, mm -hmm. you know. But United States of America, they go into different direction. Mm -hmm. They going just like straight down. That's so weird. The democracy but it's already i see socialism here mm -hmm. because control right i see control and uh, i see that government expanding you know excessive and uh, high taxes to give baits to people mm -hmm. so they can think that oh it's cool it's good it's free stuff but nothing will be nothing free and the money will be gone and that's it they will be under total control of the government. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really people. interesting that you say that, Olga, because it's the bait, right? They send you the money. You feel really good about the free stuff, but eventually that money, that stuff is gone. But what remains is the control, yes, the control. that came with that, Yeah. right? So they give you something temporary that makes you feel happy and, and, mm -hmm. and 
you, you like this free stuff, right? But then you don't even realize the you know, whatever it is that they give you is only temporary. The control that they that they place in your life through that stuff, the control they place in your mind mm. through that stuff, the idea that that we are dependent on them, that that you can't have anything. You know, we here here we now in America have people who believe that you can't have health care unless the government gives it to you. You can't have education unless the government gives it to you. Now you can't have you can't stimulate an economy unless the government gives you money. And all of these things are are are, as you said, the downward path into the control, which is socialism. Socialism. Communism, socialism, the the is exactly can be described with one word. Control. Control. Government control. Two words, Government right? control. Mm -hmm. So you said something when we were talking before the show, and I, I wanted to ask you about that and, and let you explain to the people, because I, I don't want you to feel strange about this, because you're not the only person who said this to me. Uh, when we travel around the country and we teach people from all over the world, I've taught people from Austria. Uh, who who lived through communism there. I taught people from Cuba who, who lived in Venezuela and all of these communist socialist countries. And they say the same thing to me, but now I get to hear it from you and you get to explain it. Every single one of them has said to me what you said before, that I, except for the people from Cuba and Venezuela, right? Mm. Because those communism still has its stranglehold there, right? Yes. Where I came from, where communism was, they're moving away from communism. But I am now here in America watching communism, watching Americans run to communism. And you said, as I've heard people say about Austria and all that, Russia is actually moving in a better direction than America. That's right. Explain that to our people, please. What does that mean to you? Because you came from Lenin society. And now you're in America and you have this perspective and you say to me, America is getting worse than Russia. It is. It is because, you know, everything was going on with the, that craziness. That pandemic virus, mm -hmm. it's a phantom. It's, it's just lie, mm -hmm. a big lie. And uh, they just won't control over your mind over you and uh, then you will never get out of it if you lost now mm -hmm. that if you put that mask if you take that vaccine i just being straight you know you will lose your life mm -hmm. you will lose your individuality and uh, what you know i i see that young people how ignorant they are how like you know they they don't even want to learn they don't appreciate the where they live. They just like going in that direction together with them, you know, mm -hmm. with all TV and everything. Mm -hmm. They they don't care about their country. It's their country. And they when I saw how they, you know, stamping on the flag of America, mm -hmm. that little video, I was just shocked. They spit on that flag. What is it? Where where are we going? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I just can't. And uh, all those, you know, that, that all propaganda, all what behind Democratic Party. Wow, that's crazy. This is everything what Russia trying to get out. Mm -hmm. Everything. So the Russian people are trying to get out of it. And the American people are being taught to get back to get into it. And, and I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, we are in a, in a system where the government is teaching our children just yes. like Lenin was teaching the children, exactly. right? The Lenin government was teaching the children. Now we have uh, a a Rocket. Democrat party who is now socialist, communist mm -hmm. party teaching our children exactly. because of the teachers unions are controlled by the Democrat party. So they're teaching what the, the socialism that they want to teach. I did a show not too long ago about how 
uh, how socialism, how the Marxist socialists started taking over education system in 1885. If you didn't see that show, please go back and watch that show. You can also read my article at chrisannhall.com called Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future. And so, so Olga, when you look at the children, the young people you say today that don't appreciate their country, can you, can you sort of empathize with them a little bit in realizing that they're only doing what they've been taught? I mean, you were taught the Leninism in school and you said everybody was quiet and nobody had anything else to look different. But I think the American children today, they don't know. They don't know that what they're being taught is socialism. They think what they're being taught is how things are supposed to work. And that's our problem in America today. Yes, it's a big problem. And I think it's a, it's very much in the start in family. So people, adult needs mm -hmm. to, to get responsibility for right. their children. Absolutely. So teaching has to begin with the parents at home mm -hmm. and the parents have to teach their children liberty and freedom and, right. and American principles and values mm -hmm. and stop sending their kids to the government indoctrination centers. I mean, you've got Leninism being taught in the schools. Now you have you have the same socialist uh, attendant uh, education teaching our children what to think, what not think. how to think, mm -hmm, right? Exactly. And now all of a sudden we are going to be surprised when people are silent. I mean, now we have this whole movement now where you can't say anything that's not politically correct. Does that seem like where you came from? Exactly, exactly. You can't say anything. Yes, and you can't question anything. Mm -hmm. You just go alone with what given to you. Exactly, I see it. Yesterday we talked I talked about a bill HR350 that is in the House of Representatives that will uh create a government agencies to police our speech so that if we if we are labeled by our speech or our association as a white supremacist so remember now, Donald Trump was labeled a white supremacist, even though he continually denounced white supremacy. We know that everybody who was told MAGA, uh, who carried MAGA, was called a, a, a white supremacist. We also know that the Southern Poverty Law Center calls me a white supremacist, which now, if this piece of legislation gets passed, then... Uh, those we will be labeled not just simply erroneously as white suppressed, we'll also be labeled as uh, domestic terrorists, which means our liberties in the government's eyes can be stripped from us without due process. You can just be made to disappear. Mm hmm. As it was in Soviet Union. As it was in the Soviet mm -hmm. Union. Nobody gets due process if you are a threat to national security. Isn't that what Lenin would have said? You're right. a threat yes, to national threat. security. You have to disappear. Somebody left you a message there. Can you read that? Oh, in Russian language. <laughs> yes. You want to tell everybody what that means? Not really. <laughs> it's a name of newspaper. Yeah. Back mm -hmm. in the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's no, no. Well, Pravda no means truth, truth. No truth there. Yeah. In those yeah. newspapers. Exactly. So Pravda, Pravda, interesting. And I think this goes directly to our, our, our conversation here. The government controlled media paper was called Pravda, which they is Russian for truth. Yes. They yes. called those newspapers. So the, the, the government controlled media was called truth they tell you what truth is <laughs> so they could tell you what truth is absolutely absolutely and so we have to be very aware of what's happening this is why we need to learn the history of russia it's why we need to learn how communism socialism historically has overtaken i think one of the downfalls of american ideology is that for many many years and even as jc and i have been teaching for these years people have said well uh i know that when they come after my guns 
then I know we will have to fight. But I know that you can say amen to me when Lenin did not go after the guns first. He took the property. He took the jobs. And then when the people were already enslaved to the government in their mind through education, that's when the guns were taken, when he knew they would not fight back. And so we waited for this monumental moment when the stormtroopers would come down the street to can take all our guns when in reality they people were doing the same in, thing christian people were giving guns for free already they just like were bringing guns in the police mm -hmm. here my gun you can have yeah, it yeah because they're already enslaved in their mind mm -hmm. that's already enslaved in their mind mm -hmm. So uh, that's our show today, guys. So if you had something, I just want to, I want to, we have, we have a few minutes left, but Olga, I want you to tell me if you had advice to give to the, to America today, the young people today, what would that advice be as someone who lived through this? I would say that you need a you need to have a different source of information guys you need to learn you need to study you need to uh, research so you have different information don't believe what you see on tv what the government says you please do your job don't be lazy don't sit watch shows for hours or play your games just get educated please Stop be ignorant. Mm -hmm. Just this is your country. But get educated outside the government school. Outside the government school. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would say to people, we are not Russia yet. And this is not Lenin. Okay. So we have an America. We still live in a constitutional republic. So what we need to do, as Olga said, as parents, we need to take charge of our children's education. We need to get them out of indoctrination centers. We need to stop teaching government propaganda and start teaching our children history again, knowing how to identify these political movements, knowing how to identify liberty principles and live for them as adults. America is not done yet. We have not been overcome. We have not been overtaken. So what we must do, this is the solution. I just told everybody, I don't know if you saw our show the other day. I said, JC, we need this thing that says solution, solution, solution. And so here is your solution moment, guys. It is time for us to be politically involved at the state and local level. We must be politically involved at the state and local level. This is the power of the Constitutional Republic. You are not ruled by Washington, D.C. unless you surrender your mind to them. You are, you are the rulers over your state and local government. That's how a Constitutional Republic works. Read your state constitution. It says all political power is derived from the people. They have no power unless it comes from us first. And so we have to become that active part of government. And we have to fight to make sure this doesn't happen. And we have to fall out of love with the free stuff. Right. We've got to refuse the free stuff because after right. the free stuff comes the control. Control. Right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for spending a so some time with us, Olga. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I think the people here are, are very happy to have heard from you. I hope that what we can do is uh, share this with our children, right? Share this with your children. Let them sit down and listen to someone who has actually lived through socialism, who has actually been through all of this and say, look, uh, America is worth fighting for. Olga, how did it make you feel when you saw those young people stepping on the flag and sick, sick? I couldn't even watch it. It's, you know, even in Soviet Union, they people they were so devoted. They like were patriots, mm -hmm. you know. But here, it's just nothing. They lost everything already. Yeah, here. 
Yeah. But you need to retrain your mind. You know, when I came here and uh, I I was not interested in politics politics at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like this is not my scene, I was always thinking. But, you know, since last year, I started just dig, dig something wrong, mm -hmm. something wrong, something what I went through already, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, you started you know, recognizing what I you started recognizing. Yeah. Exactly. And you wanted to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have a really good question before we go. I don't know if you can answer this question, Olga, but American Link says, how did they turn it around in Russia? Why is Russia heading in the right direction? Do you know the answer to that question? Um, I know that uh, they have more freedom now. They like um it's a democracy there it's still yeah. kind of well we know putin is yes. not democratically exactly. elected putin, but <laughs> somebody mentioned putin, putin is kgb that's exactly right he's yeah, from yeah. there putin has changed the laws of russia so that he could be the new czar and never leave oh, you right know, you so know, he's he's ever president right now Mm -hmm. so but but even so that's still better right it's still better and it's because and i think a lot of it had to do with american influence even though we're headed in the wrong direction we still had more freedom and maybe the influence of of america american culture made people have that recognition that you did you know you came here and you immediately right. felt you, nobody's watching over me although people are watching over you but it wasn't Actually, like it in was russia. not that as in mm -hmm. russia yeah yeah yes. absolutely all right guys thank you so much for joining us thank you olga you did a fantastic job olga was nervous at the beginning i told her don't be nervous it's gonna be just fine uh thank you for joining us this is gonna be a show that's gonna be a go-to favorite for us and this is something that you need to share with your friends and family members remember hit that like button hit that subscribe button, ring the bell so you get the notices. If you're on Facebook or Twitch, share, 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 share. If you're on YouTube, share. Help us get this out there. The Our young people and our parents need to see this because, you know me, I'm not an apocalyptic speaker, but I will tell you that the future of America depends on the realizations and the information, the knowledge that Olga has just given us. Right. Uh, Lori Liberty over there in uh, our D in our D live and uh, Kobo Snipes and Mailer Damon all say uh, thank you, Olga, for what you've done. So good night, guys. Uh, JC is going to be running the show tomorrow by himself. So y'all be good to JC. God bless.